Hey everyone, and welcome to the Church Changer Podcast. Do you face friction whenever working with your creative team? Or are your creatives stifled by the lack of opportunity to innovate? If you have to navigate tensions when working with your graphic design team, video team, worship leaders, and other creatives, you're not alone. And today, we're going to help you improve those team dynamics. My name is Lauren Berkerich, and I'm one of your hosts here at Church Changer, where we are focused on giving you best practices and practical tools to lead through change. And today, we are talking about how to lead your creative team to innovation and effectiveness. And joining me for this conversation is my co-host and my pastor, Tim Lucas. Tim, I think this is going to be a really fun convo today. Absolutely, Lauren. I agree. Hey, shout out to all the creatives listening to this episode. We love the work you do and so grateful for the way God has uniquely gifted you to serve in the church. So just know something from the start. This is not a time for us to gripe about our creatives, right? right. (laughs) But we do need to acknowledge that sometimes there's a tension. What I have found, Lauren, is that oftentimes pastors and church leaders And creatives are wired a little differently, Mm -hmm. and it often causes some friction there. And sometimes friction is good to the creative process, uh, but not when it's personal. (laughs) What I've found is sometimes church leadership can be very black and white, right? Like senior pastors want to drive results and actions and metrics and push for advancement. Meanwhile, the creatives on your team are making art, right? They're innovating, and it's very subjective. They want to push the envelope, try new things, experiment, and may need your permission to fail. Anybody see the problems that can create? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You know, at Liquid, uh, Tim and I have the pleasure of working with our creative team every week. They're actually part of the core team that we interface with in order to get our own work done, right? To create Sunday services, our marketing campaigns, our digital products. So we have experiences with this firsthand. And one of the things we're going to learn today is that you need to care for your creative team with intentionality. Sometimes people can leave with such a heavy hand, they literally squash a teams like creative juices, you know, Mm. you actually hire these individuals for their ideas, their art, their creativity. And what you don't want to do is then strip them of that ability to create and innovate. But sometimes that that's what happens. It is. So today we're excited to host one of my very favorite guests, Ben Stapley. He's a friend because Ben really has the ability to see this issue from multiple perspectives. Um, Ben has been a creative. He is creative. Later, he actually led creative teams. And now As an executive pastor, he leads an entire staff team. So Ben is going to help us bridge the gaps with the creatives we see across our organization. So let's go ahead and dive in. I am so excited to welcome Ben Stapley to the podcast. Welcome, Ben. Great to be here. Thanks so much, Tim and Lauren, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. For those of you who haven't met Ben or you're not aware of his work, this is a guy you're going to want to follow and lean into. Ben serves right now as executive pastor at the Life Christian Church in New Jersey. Give me 30 seconds on TLCC. TLCC, located in West Orange, our lead pastor, Terry Smith, has been leading there for 31 years now. Uh, Terry's so, incredible. Incredible founding slash lead pastor. Just came out of, players a plug, just came out of a new book, The Lord Bless You. <laughs> and so we, uh, we we love ministering in a very diverse and leadership-oriented culture out there in um, very close to Manhattan, if you're not familiar with West Orange and New Jersey. So Ben is leading here in the Northeast. You may recognize his name. He speaks a lot at leadership conferences, the First Impressions Conference, the Church Online Summit. 
And previously, you served down in Florida at Christ Fellowship in Miami, correct? Mm-hmm. What did you do there? I was the experience director. Actually, they brought me on as the weekend experience director. And I was like, okay, that's like one hour of the week, but we're actually doing something the other 167. <laughs> so I don't think the weekend experience is the right term. But I oversee the uh, I oversaw the experience from the, the streets to the seats to the screens okay. in terms of guest services, worship, production, communication, mm-hmm. online, all that whole thing to make sure we're all rowing in the same direction with an experience that was unified and went beyond the service experience. And what we like to think is all the greatest learnings you had were when you were <laughs> serving here at Liquid Church as the creative arts pastor. That's going back to 2015. Can you believe it? I can. It's When I walk around here, it's beautiful to come back and to see what God's doing, continuing to expand what you guys are doing here. And it's fun to connect with old relationships as well. All that to say, Ben's more than a colleague. He's a friend. So we're so glad you're here, Ben. So let me first start this way. I'm just really curious. How did you transition from being a creative arts pastor to an executive pastor. Seems like a different skill set that's not a typical career trajectory for a ministry leader, right? What's the story there? Tim, you're not insinuating that the classical um, creative type would not have the organizational and the structure and <laughs> no, the goals. No, and no, the, no. To be, you're not saying that they might struggle as an executive pastor, are you? Yeah, so a lot of people, executive pastors, and Lauren and I were talking about this off mic beforehand, but they come into it as a second career, maybe from the business world, and they, they you know, the back nine, they want to do something different, and they move and they bring that business savvy into yeah. the church, and maybe the local church is actually missing it, hmm. and they bring that value there. So I'm different for myself, being in ministry, my my whole career, but um, I've experienced, I've overseen um, experiences, and I love me baby Jesus. I love teenage Jesus. I love adult Jesus. But if I had to do one more Christmas, I was going to die because I found myself as a creative running on empty. Mm. And I knew knew for Mm. myself, professionally, I needed a new challenge that was going to bring out the best in me. And if I was going to be involved in church work, I needed for the church side to bring the best for myself, not just an 80%, a 90%, a 100% version of myself. So I needed a new challenge. And as our friend Rich Birch says, executive pastors lead at the intersection of vision and execution. And that's been a great challenge for me. Now, there's a lot of oncoming traffic in that intersection. But I've, I've enjoyed it, so it's been a great challenge for me. You've got a few tire marks on your back, I see. <laughs> Some hit and runs. Well, you know, I want to dive in to the heart of what we're talking about today, which is how to leave our creative team members well. I feel like creatives, they have this reputation where you got to tiptoe around them, handle them with kid gloves, make sure you don't offend them or their art. Now, I know that personally, I always try to praise the creatives that I work with. Even when I have critique, I actually try to cushion it first by sharing what I loved about their work before asking for any adjustments that I may need for them to make. I'm wondering, is this just a caricature of an artist or is there some truth there that we actually should be leaning into? Great question. I think, first of all, I think most people benefit from the praise, classical praise sandwich. Let me give you, tell you what you're doing first before I give you that constructive (laughs) critique in the middle. But I would say this, I would say, so everyone benefits from that. I would say in terms of being a little more gentle or tender in terms of creatives is this, the reason reason you need to do that is because their work is being reviewed a lot more. When's the last time you looked, uh, you went to your finance team and you looked at the spreadsheet and said, let me give Ah. you feedback on this. When's the last time you, you interacted with other coworkers at that level? Creatives are creating work to be put on display and to be viewed by everyone and to be reviewed. And because of that, they're... It can feel like from their side, they're just getting hit again and again and again. So what? how do we, as we're interacting with them, not, not white glove them and kid glove them, but how do we realize they're getting a lot of that and we may need to reduce some things 
in terms of our feedback, just to make sure it doesn't feel like it's an onslaught. For me, for me, I'm sure of a lot of church leaders who are listening, you'll probably do a, a post-service debrief, an autopsy, a review. How did Sunday go? If it's good enough to do, it's good enough to review. And what I try to do with my teams is I try to give them a Sabbath. Every four to six weeks, say, you know what? We're not going to review Sunday. Um, it went. There's some lessons learned. I think we all know what to do. Um, we're going to take a break from that. Not a Christmas or an Easter, not a, our big days, yeah. but we're going to purposely take a break just so you don't feel like inadvertently you're being beat up all the time because we're reviewing, reviewing, reviewing what you're doing. And that can get a little exhaustive as a creative. I like that. Just to follow up to that, how... How in the weeds do we get on that review? You know, there are sometimes, Tim, I feel like, because you, you and I are big proofreaders. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes if we're proofreading a creative product, you're going back and you're like, okay, this is version 10. I, I found another period that was missing, or we might tweak this word here. And I, I know there have been times where Tim has actually said, you know what, let's just call it a day on this. Like, we can't just keep hitting them over the head right. with these edits. <clears throat> so how do you kind of fine tune that balance there? I try to use language that's very clear with them. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll distinguish between what's an instruction and what's a suggestion. Mm-hmm. So when giving that feedback, sometimes you can do that, right? And just say the, the verb is wrong here, the tense is wrong here. Or in terms of a color, I don't think the teal blue is good. I think maybe a sky blue is good. If the creative is receiving that, they need to know if they're receiving that as an instruction from you, this needs to get changed, or um, does this... Does this have to get changed? Do you have a subjective call on that? And can you make that the, the distinction as the creative? That really helps them set them up for success. And then the other thing, too, is I use the Peter Jackson analogy. Um, I think most of us are familiar with him. He created the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And after working for a decade of his life, you know, Academy Award winning film and series, not The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> um, an interviewer asked him and said, hey, did you get it right? Did you get it perfect? And he said, I didn't get it perfect. I ran out of time. And if this is someone at the top of his craft could say, as a creative, I just ran out of time and I'm comfortable with that, yeah. we got 52 services a year. At yeah. some point, we're going to run out of time and we need to be comfortable and back off it. Yes. yes. That's great clarity. I like that. Yeah. One of our core values is excellence. And I'm always telling people, not perfection, big difference, mm-hmm. right? When you do something with excellence, yeah, we want there to be a level of polish, but we just know, hey, you know what? Sometimes 90, this pains me to say, 95% <laughs> is good enough because the, the the curve of what it would take to get that last 5%, mm-hmm. first off, it's not emotionally healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things are not going to be perfect. If we hold ourselves that standard, we get very hard on ourselves, judgmental, not a lot of grace. Um, have you find that? Is there a cutoff point for you guys? Yeah, I remember in college, I talked to my dad, you know, writing papers. He's an English teacher. And I said, you know, I've, I've written on this paper for 10 hours. And he said, what do you think you're going to get on it? I said, I think I'm going to get an A and A minus. And he said, how much hours is it going to take you to get right. to an A plus? And I said, I think another 10 hours. He's right. like, go on a date, you know, <laughs> chase girls, go do something different because it's not worth it. And yeah. when it comes to that, it's interesting, you know, that excellence. I think sometimes yeah. we, we will say... We don't choose perfection. We, you know, we, we go for excellence. But yeah. even that, it can be a struggle. And I'll, I'll say mm-hmm. myself, it can still be an idol. And we can. Can still, we can still yeah. say that, but it's really perfection we're chasing. Yeah. And I remind myself in the creatives I'm leading that if God, after spending seven day, six days creating everything, he said it's yeah. good. He didn't say it's excellent. And you know, mm. we're, we're very good. Hmm. And when, I, when we strive for its perfection, this is a little pastoral moment here, but when we strive for its perfection, 
And we're just always on our team and they can never make a mistake. There's yeah. no chance for Jesus to step in to be their perfection. So right, you know what? Right. It's not going to be perfect. And I'm aware of that. And I'm glad because the fact that it isn't perfect means we are relying yeah. on someone and something other than ourselves. And so it's, to me, it's a chance for a pastoral moment for us to see Jesus step in during our lack of perfection, yeah. during oh, our man. imperfection. I love that, man. That'll preach. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, Ben, tell me this. I know, obviously, creatives like to experiment. They want to try new things, right? Um, our team, they're often on top of the latest cultural trends, which is awesome. And this is where I think we can hit some bumps in the road, right? Because if leaders are too prescriptive in their requests, creatives start feeling boxed in, like there's no room to to stretch and flex their creative muscles. So how can leaders give creative team members room to actually innovate, even permission to fail? Great. Yeah. So how do we bring in some R&D into our experiences? A lot of churches yeah. don't do that. You know, any any tech company, any innovating company will have room for that. They will have budget for that. They'll have time for it. I think we're all familiar with Google, Google's, you know, minds, their, their work um, uh, vision is that we're going to give you 10% just for you to do your own thing to come up and some of their best innovations have come from that. Church doesn't do that. You know, we're going to squeeze every nickel, every hour out of you for productivity. So how do we give them the budget for that? How do we give them time for that? And then for me, how do we give them environments for that? Because most of our environments, there's no room for safety. Now, let's be clear, some guardrails. It's probably not your Sunday services. It's probably not your big right. holiday services. You know, hey, let's it's Easter. Let's try let's try a zip line. Yeah, see, let's see how that goes. <laughs> We're not going to do that on your your, you know, those okay, when so to be clear with your creatives, when do you have to swing and hit a home run? And when can you swing and whiff? And when you when can you miss? And great environments for that would be um, internal pitches. You know, you could be zany here. This is just me. So see what right. you got. Go for the fences. Um, staff meetings, um, staff retreats where it's just us. It's a, There's an environment of safety here. You can swing and miss on this. Not because you're lack of effort, but because maybe it was, the idea was just out there. And we don't know if it's yeah. going to work until we try it. Um, those would be great environments. Another somewhat safe environment is maybe youth ministry. The kids kind of actually like it if it's a little bit off the wall. And so yeah, there's a right, safe right, space right. there. But the, I would put a parameter here. I would say kids sure. ministry is not that because sometimes mm-hmm. we think, you know what, let's just kind of let's kind of phone it in when it comes to kids ministry or we, we can we can try something off the wall there. Yeah. But you can't because it's not the kids that you need to worry about. It's it's the parents. Yes. And if they see you swinging and missing in that environment, they are not going to be on board with it. They're, they're, they're students, maybe. They're, they're children, that's that's not a, a place to swing and miss. So being really clear where they can have those safe <coughs> environments to try and experiment mm. and possibly fail is super helpful. And the, the other thing too, in terms of this, Tim, is creatives, all of us make get better by failing. I think mm-hmm. creatives more so need to learn through their failures. Mm-hmm. All of us learn through failures, creatives even more so. If there's no margin for that, there's going to be no innovation and they're going to get burnt out. They're going to want to leave in the end. Right. You know, it's funny you mentioned earlier, you mentioned Christmas and trying to be innovative. You know, it's hard. Same, same, you know, every year, here comes Christmas. And then also wanting to like innovate. Let's try something totally new. I saw this funny meme on on TikTok. It literally said, uh, it was a Christmas meme like in churches. And it said, Jesus, colon, I'm coming in humility, born in a stable, anonymous. No one will notice. And that says mega churches. And it literally shows a drum line. 
being lowered down from the ceiling <laughs> in the middle of the audience, like 15 drummers, you know, going bananas. Yeah, yeah I think everyone saw that meme going out there with the, with the drum line. I don't know who there was. But yeah, it's, it's when, when do we play the classics and when do we play the hits? And we're just, you know, carols and candles work every time. There's no reason to try to change it up. But what are environments that we can change it are up? Are you saying sure. our cosmic Christmas, I our Star you, Wars Christmas right was there. over the top? <laughs> it had a glowing candlestick-ish with a lightsaber. It was a lightsaber Hold candle. Hold up your yes, lightsaber, everybody. Yes, it was. <laughs> it, it's, it's so funny that you think, yes, I have to reinvent the wheel. And they're right. like, oh, no, actually, people just want carols and candles. They like to sing Silent Night and mm-hmm. look at the face of a loved one in yeah. the glow of a candle. Yeah. Right? And it's a warm moment. And we, you or I might be like, oh, that's kind of boring. We just did that. Cause, you know? Yeah, because we do it every year, yeah. That is not how, how most people think. When you see classic bands touring, do you want to hear the latest album? No. You want, you want to hear the greatest hits. That's so Christmas true. Christmas play the hits, people. Yeah. But it can drive creatives a little nuts, right? Mm-hmm. If you, Particularly if you're a right brain person mm-hmm. and you want to scratch that itch a little bit. So um, I'm thinking a little bit back to your time at Liquid. And you were you know, really hard to get people involved in the brainstorming sessions. Um, including our creatives. I remember you having us share some ideas in an anonymous fashion, even voting on pitches anonymously, which was tied to this concept that, hey, you want us to evaluate ideas, but not the person pitching them. Can you unpack that a bit? What, what are you trying to achieve there? Yeah. So when you come to those meetings, it's super helpful because if you are coming in, especially if the lead pastor is there, um, sometimes they can take up all the oxygen in the room and mm. what they say is going to be. So I'm, I'm, I'm really talking to our lead pastors and the executive pastors listening in. Be aware of the weight that you come into the room because it is, it is unduly high in comparison to everybody else there. And so what I like to do is sometimes uh, jump in the Google document, no one write down names, but just down, write down ideas. And then when we throw that up on the screen, we're evaluating the idea, not the person. That's so it's good. that's an incredible concept. Oh my goodness, it was a janitor who put that on there. Right. We had no idea. And so that's a super helpful tip to do. Yeah. The other thing I encourage churches that when it comes to the brainstorming sessions is to make sure to bring in the quote unquote non-classical creative types. Sometimes you have mm-hmm. somebody in the organization mm-hmm. Maybe it's in your finance department. Maybe mm-hmm. it's in your production team. Then they're they're just an ideator. They have tons. Now they're yeah. not on the classical creative team, mm-hmm. but they're just great at that. And so yes. figure out who those people are and bring them in. Again, they may not have a title. They're not your graphic designer. Mm-hmm. You're not your videographer. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the guys I had was a Tito. He was a production guy, soft spoken. He was oftentimes behind the screen. Didn't say much. He didn't know there was a ton of ideas germinating in his head until you said. Fill out this sheet. And he always had the best idea. So I say, figure out who your Tito is Mm. and bring them into those meetings because you're going to be blown away. Yeah, Yeah, I'm thinking our spiritual care uh, pastor, our outreach director, like people who are not in that circle, but they have a lot of ideas. Also just, I want to, because you mentioned that Tito is soft-spoken. I do find a lot of our Mm. creatives to be a little bit more reserved in their personality. Mm -hmm. They're not the loudest, boldest person in the room, even though they have all these creative juices flowing. So they're not going to be the one who wants to stand up in front of everybody and pitch their idea. Is that common too? Yes, and that's why I even say write the ideas down because we're going to, it's not... The idea is not based upon the salesmanship of it. Wow, right. that person had a lot of energy and the charisma in front of them. And what were they saying? I don't know, but they said it with confidence. And so let's go for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're, you're trying to execute it. Like this person just was, was really yeah. charismatic, but their idea yes. isn't a winner. So that's really helpful yeah. just to even write them down. And like, let's just evaluate what we're reading instead of the yeah. presentation of it. That's one, that's one thing I think just for lead pastors or senior pastors, you know, you said it, you know, the weight that you carry, your voice is very loud, even if you're soft-spoken. Just because people realize, like, well, that's the guy who's going to stand up on the stage and talk about it. So whatever he thinks, you know, we're going to go with. 
Um, one of our core practices is I realized early on as a, as a lead pastor, because I'm a kind of a right brain guy. Mm-hmm. I love creativity. I love mm-hmm. ideating things. Is that now when those ideas go up on the board, I'd say, hey, let's go around the room. Lauren, tell me what you pick. Yeah, you never speak first. Never mm-hmm. speak first. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Even if I have a strong opinion or like, I think I know where this might end up. <laughs> I Literally, because it's so important, that would absolutely suffocate other people's candid feedback. So leaders always, if you're if you're the most influential person in the room, whatever, leaders speak last in ideation. Yeah. And when it, on the flip side of that, I appreciate you speaking to the leaders. I'm going to speak to the creatives there. I tell them that, hey, this is a, it's a dictatorship, not a democracy. So at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we don't, the ideas are all weak equal in their merit, but Mm -hmm. they're not equal in terms of the voting power. Because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, the lead pastor is going to be the one on the stage standing in front of this graphic and trying to make this thing work and casting this (laughs) vision, and they have to connect with it. So you might really feel this is a better idea, but at the end of the day, they need to have that confidence that we're going to go into an eight-week series with an idea that I think is a a clunker. No, let's go with them because they're going to be jazzed about it. So when it comes to the creative, you might think this idea is awesome, but you're not the one on the on the stage yeah. trying to champion it for the yeah. next eight weeks. Support your lead pastor. Defer to them when it comes to the decision. Let me give a let me give a, a more benevolent metaphor than <laughs> dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> totally get that. But I remember you remember when Rich Birch he would always position it as the creative team is literally like an agency. It's like a creative mm-hmm. agency. You work for a creative agency. Here's who our client is: the lead pastor. You know. Pastor Tim, Ben Stapley, whoever it is, we're working for them. And so we want to give our very best, our ideas and yeah. ideas. But understand our client is going to have certain things that we aren't even aware of, considerations that he has to have. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yes, it's a great metaphor, but it's super, super clever, but not clear. Mm-hmm. And this is an actionable series. We're trying to get people to sign up to volunteer yeah. or for small groups. And so your clever, clever thing with the trees and the Ferris wheel and all that, super cool. But lacks clarity. We're always like we always take clear over clever any day, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was a helpful dynamic for us because it always felt like, oh right, we're working together, and the creative team is servicing a client who, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, is the person who is going to be pitching this product. You know, so their their sign off was always preeminent. Going back to the lead pastor on that side of things too is if you're if you're trying to evaluate between two ideas and one of them is really really good mm-hmm. from your perspective, yeah. And, yeah. You, and you think the other one is great. I would defer to the one that the team thinks is the better. So if you're on the fence. Because or, there's a marginal difference. It's a marginal difference. It gives them a win. And they're going to execute it and yes. they're going to be passionate about That's it. Good. So if you're on the fence, like between two ideas, yeah. really go with them because they're the ones executing it and they're going to feel empowered to create their art. That's I like that. And i also throw in one other thing. I'm not sure everybody's creative team looks like this, but our creative team are actually some of the youngest people in our office. Oh, and question. they're in tune with what's <clears throat> culturally relevant, with what the youth want. And if we want to attract that generation to yes. our church, let's listen to them and give some weight to what they're saying just in that regard as well. Can I, can I real yeah. quick, I have a, a coach out on the West Coast who I meet with often, and, and he's, he's a lion in ministry. He's been in it for 40 years, and he, he threw this offhanded comment. I wrote it down because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to take this to heart. He said, you know the number one way to keep your church young as you get older? And I was with a few lead pastors in this cohort, and we all like kind of leaned in. He goes, the senior pastor has to stay out of the graphic design. You've just got to do it. He goes, and you probably can't. And we're all like, huh. Yes. He goes, because you remember when you launched a church, especially founders, right? Gosh, I was doing slides you know, 20 years ago in PowerPoint and using Comic Sans font and all sorts of terrible design things. 
but you always have opinions about it. And uh, it was really interesting what he said. He said, you have to let your 20-year-olds, your 30-year-olds choose that graphic design because the line between cool and cheesy is super thin and it changes before you even have any instinct. Mm -hmm. And so he gave an example of how um, he was going to do this series on spiritual warfare. And his idea was he was in a military town. Let's actually get a tank and drive it on stage. <laughs> Can you imagine, right? Uh, let's drive a tank on stage, get it. Spiritual warfare, blah, 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 blah. Which can you imagine, right? A Gen Z, you know, a 22-year-old and you drive a tank on stage and they're like, yeah, I don't think this church is for me. Yeah. It's so on the nose. It's so literal. It's very cool if you were, you know, 60 years old and you're hanging out in your small group with Navy vets, uh, but maybe not so much to reach, you know, Gen Z or even even younger alphas. So um, he said, you have to, again, give veto power even to the 20 and 30 somethings. And you've got to, you know, say that to yourself. But actually, when you start not understanding, when the music starts getting a little, oh, I don't know if I like that, they're probably on the right track. Yeah, you you tied up, you touched on it, but I just want to expand on it. This is important for lead pastors, but especially for lead lead slash founding pastors. Because if you're the yeah. founding pastor, yeah. you remember when you made the graphic designs, and you yeah. you remember you picked out the font, and it was yeah. a, a grunge font was great. That right, was the right. late '90s. Yeah, that's right. we, we're past that phase. That's right. Um, let give it back to the other people, especially yeah. that's going to be attention for anyone who who is doing it early on and yep. has memories of that. Yeah. They just showed me pre-service slides last week just to go real real live, right? Oh, I yeah, said, I love the redo. You, that's amazing. See, you love them. And I'm like, clearly others do because we're getting <laughs> comments like that. But I'm like, the font is so small. Like, I mean, like you're, you're trying to, you know, hey, apply to the Put worship team. Put on your team. readers, Tim. Exactly. <laughs> Put on my readers, bro. Just because your eyesight's going. <laughs> Don't punish everybody else. But that's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. That's a great point. Okay, I'm going to lean into a pet peeve of mine, which is when projects go around and around and around, and they seem to take forever to reach completion. So if you're on version number four of an invite card, there is a problem. But I actually think the problem usually isn't with the creative. It's with the person who made the request. Either they don't actually have a clear vision of what mm. they want, mm -hmm. or they fail to communicate that vision in the first place. So help give us some best practices when it comes to giving our creatives instructions for our projects. Yeah, the to break it down, especially if you're non-creative type, most projects will fall into three categories of work, pre-production, production, post-production. Post so pre-production, all the stuff we have to do to get the thing off the ground, the, the ideating, who's our target audience, what's the duration, all that pre-production, the production actually doing the work, and then the post-production, sometimes, especially when it comes to video, uh, thinking video, production is like the shooting and the post-production is the editing. Mm -hmm. Most people would say, oh, three different types of work, it's a third, a third, a third. No, it's it, generally speaking, when it comes to video and a lot of art forms, it's 70, 20, 10. The vast mm -hmm. majority of work should be done in the pre-production. <laughs> Everyone wants to skip that though. It's not it's the hard work, it's not the sexy stuff. Let's just go on set and start shooting. What are we showing? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> And then we'll, the spirit will leave. we'll fix it in post, <laughs> which never works. And so but my encouragement here when you're talking to lead pastors is spend that needed time in the pre-production when you're getting very clear on mm. all those who, what, when, where, whys. And then the creative will be able to execute 20% of the time on the production and 10% mm. on the post-production. So that's my big encouragement. And then the other thing I've seen a lot of organizations Churches and nonprofits, a lot of organizations spend time spinning their wheels because they don't know the difference when the lead pastor is telling them to ideate or to execute. 
In other words, mm. the lead pastor has a clear understanding of what they want to get done. Just execute this idea. And then the creative team goes back, let's brainstorm. He said that, but what did, I really think, and, right. and, and they mm, go off and they spend good. all this time and they come back to the lead that's pastor right. and say, no, 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 I had a vision. I wanted you to execute. Um, and, or they, you know, they, they're, they're riffing and they really needed the, the creative team to ideate for them. They, they're not coming to the right. table with anything. Right. So that's, as a creative, that's the first question I ask if someone comes towards me. Is I'm am I, I is this an ideation session or is right. this just an execution? Right. That'll speed things up much faster and then more time in the pre-production. Yeah, you know, and I know we're we're honing in on those lead pastors because they provide a lot of this direction. But I think this applies to a lot of other ministry leaders too. As somebody who sat in the communications seat, I'm requesting a lot, like for our marketing materials. Yeah. And I think it's been really helpful over the years if I can provide some inspiration. So example is if it's a graphic, here are some examples of things oh, that yeah. I like that I saw. And, and you can say, if you're open to just do that, or these are just some ideas, but I'm open to whatever you guys think, but it's hard to say, hey, I need this thing and provide no direction whatsoever. But they get that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a video, for example, it could say, yes, I can provide examples of things that I've seen, or to actually say, let's have a meeting and discuss this and answer those questions. And I actually have to say, this kind of thinking applies to different areas in the church. Um, for our uh, tech teams who are leading our digital products, sometimes they get a, a request for a website with no direction. Right. And so they design something <laughs> and then they bring it back to the client and they're like, oh, that's not what I was envisioning. But they missed those early steps of the pre-production. Yeah, examples are super helpful because, okay, I can I know what I'm aping. I know what I'm mimicking when mm-hmm. it comes to seeing other stuff. If you're not bringing that to the, the ideation process, the creative is really out just to, the, to hang in the wind there. You yeah. know, uh, Ben, we do a thing called a creative brief. Uh, with our creative team. Specifically, this is for the preaching calendar, those who are preparing sermon series. And what we're asking is, like, no teaching pastor is going to come and just say, hey, I want to do a series on John. What, the, the Gospel of John, First John? Like, what? what's the theme? What's the, you know? And so we asked them actually to make this creative brief. And this is kind of taken out of the marketplace, right? Where an ad agency would have a creative brief. This is what the client's needs are. And here's some inspiration, too. Mm-hmm. And so we'll actually create a document. It's typically about three or four pages, pretty in-depth where we will have, it's almost like a lookbook. It's almost like a vision board. You're actually um, uh, including pictures, uh, links to videos, articles, et cetera, um, that could inspire the branding of it. So we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're just finishing. And we came up with um, uh, this series called Breakthrough. And we had a lot of different ideas behind that. And that was when we were like, hey, we're inviting people into that process but it really is a creative group that provides the guardrails. Mm-hmm. So we're not just chasing rabbits down a trail and just ideating until the cows come home because we do have to execute. And um, that is something that, um, you know, we can link to one, I think. In fact, we'll, let's do that. We'll yeah, give sure. a, a free creative brief template. Just give you an example. And it's always amazing. It's fun to go back and look and say, ooh, this was the original idea mm-hmm. with the blurb, the link, kind of the speaking schedule, what messages, some suggested titles in where it ends up, because a lot of times it's different. In fact, I think our our fasting series, I had it cleverly named like Fast Forward. Get it? Yes. <laughs> no one else did. <laughs> I literally was like, Fast Forward, 21 days of breakthrough. And they're like, yeah, clear or clever on that one. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so they renamed it Breakthrough, and uh, it, it came out so much better. So I was glad to listen to, to the team. One other idea I'm just going to throw out there is sometimes, and maybe, Ben, you find that this works, is we have these ideation sessions um, where we can really go off the wall before we bring the lead pastor in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that you feel like you have more freedom 
to ideate then. And then we pick, we kind of do that anonymous voting, let some ideas rise to the top and then bring them to the leadership. Do you feel like that works well? Yeah, never bring them into the first version of that because they're going to be blown up. They're going to be, you know, overwhelmed and probably discouraged because it's just, uh, when it comes to ideating, I always say you have to start with a couple of bad ideas. And even when I'm, mm-hmm. even when I'm leading those, I'll use the clowns as my first bad idea. Anything involving clowns <laughs> is bad to start with. <laughs> Not that I have a traumatic past experience. So do you break but the ice with that? I, I do because then people feel free to say, well, I had something kind of zany as well and I didn't want, but you said the clowns and that was bad. So right. I'm f- I feel free to say that. And you really don't get to your good ideas until you get through your bad ideas. So, but right. you don't want to waste your lead pastor's time here about the clowns so save that for round two i like that that's good um tim you've really kind of gotten adept at learning all of this stuff with design yeah again, how does that help you yeah and as a founder again right so i remember i remember designing our first bulletin we actually made it on like powerpoint and like printed it out at staples and like i remember <laughs> this you know saturday nights and all that um but then as i started actually working with real professionals <laughs> who are graphic designers video worship side by side um, I found it really helps our working relationship and eases our communication on projects. Still having a little bit of that understanding as a visual communicator, even though I'm someone who is, you know, verbally communicating. How important has it been for other ministry leaders? I'm thinking particularly, again, like like a lead pastor or someone on teaching to understand the creative process. Very important. And I like the way you said understand, not to master it. This mm-hmm. is not your lane, but you need to be aware of it and and, and and verbal in relation to it. I remember one time I was attending a church in Chicago. We were close to the theatrical district. And so we had tons of theater people made great spoken right. words and monologues. And a guy did a piece and he came off stage and it was powerful. And I, I told him, I said, that was a great job. And he said, great in what way? Oh, and I was like, yeah, 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 all yeah, the yeah, ways? Yeah. It was all the ways great? <laughs> and he said, he said um, general praise means nothing to a creative. Specific praise does though. Wow. And I said, got it. (laughs) And the next time he did a monologue, I was able to process that and pick out something. Again, it's not my wheelhouse, but hey, I really liked your body language. I was able, and he said, thanks. That means a lot to me. Right. And that moment clicked in. As a creative, he was like, "That what you're saying right now is just nothing to me. Yeah, yeah. And he was doing it in a graceful way. Um, And so when it comes to your creatives as well, do you have enough understanding Mm. to decide, like, great piece. I love that bumper. Well, what did you love about it? Again, general praise is going to be nothing to them. Mm -hmm. Specific praise is. And again, you you can even be gracious towards that. I know, you know, with the worship team, um, um, what's what's the difference between a, a lick and a riff? I don't know. And do you even use those terms anymore? Probably not. But <laughs> I'm going to extend myself out there and say, I think that was a great riff or lick. Can you remind? And if yeah, I'm yeah, using yeah, the wrong yeah. term, update yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Stepping into those conversations with that grace, but eagerness to learn lets them know, man, they want to be a part of my world. And they're doing it pretty awkwardly right now, but that's okay. Yeah. They're stepping into my world and I see seen, I see valued, I see heard, and I feel respected. So as a, as a, as a leader, when you're interacting with the creatives, enter into the world, even if you don't know what yeah. it is, ask, and they will educate <clears throat> you accordingly. Hey, can we make this live? Let's have a little bit of fun. We have a creative in this room right now. He hasn't said anything. <laughs> Jason Cordero is here, who is serving as audio engineer. Say hi, Jason. Hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) He makes us sound good. He makes us sound good. He's our music director at Liquid. I've learned so much from you. But I really appreciate, like, I'm just thinking as you're talking, Ben, like we were even talking this past weekend, we were going to have some live music even kind of interrupt, not interrupting, but padding under the preaching. Mm -hmm. And I like all the technical terms. So I go over to Jason. I'm like, hey, can you do that like plinkle tinkle thing you do? Like, 
I'm guessing that's not the exact name for it. Yeah, no, no. It's um for going back to what you were saying, like cho- um, licks and riffs. The modern term now is like chops. Okay, thank you. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Look at that. There it is. I'm like, and then when it gets like louder, that whole big, you know, loud thing, and you're like, that's called a swell. (laughs) 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 But it is. I think that's that's an important thing that it's like, actually, the creatives need to lead us, right? They're the experts. We're kind of, we're going into their lane, but then we're going to get back into our own. So to even learn the language and take cues from them is so important. So I'm grateful for you, Jason. Yeah, thanks. I love it. Yeah, Jason, um, he makes us sound so good. So the uh, post-production of this, guys, lots of... Oh, it's remarkable. It's it's all, yeah, it's all Jason. He makes us sound like we know what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, But Ben, this is something that I feel like for anybody in the creative field, whether it is somebody who is in worship, they're in video production, they're a graphic artist, whatever it is, it's super easy to feel stale because of the pace that we're running Mm -hmm. and because we are doing a weekly rhythm, you run out of fresh ideas. So if you're leading a creative team, what are some realistic and fun ways to keep them inspired and energized or even field trips? You know, I feel like that's a something to explore. Yeah. Again, this comes back to the, where's the margin? Do they have some R and D? Do they have that 10% white space where they can ideate or do field trips and you are pouring into them instead of just receiving from them? We were talking about this before as well. What, what is a way in which you're leading them that you want the best from them, but you're also giving the best for them? So field trips is a great way to do that. Conferences is a great way to do that. Giving them updated. If you want modern cultural aesthetics, you need to give them modern tools. So like, are, do they have the new, not the newest gear, but do they have updated gear? Hey, we want to be a, a relevant church, but they're using technology from 20 years ago. They're not going to feel empowered. Uh, for some more inspirational things I like to do with them is maybe about once a quarter. You can't do this too frequently, but is do a show and tell. What is something culturally artistically, creatively, that has inspired you, come and show it. I always remember kindergarten for me, the show and tell was the best part of school. I don't remember much beyond that, but the show and tell was the best because we all came in and we showed something that we were passionate about. Kid brought in the lizard. They weren't supposed to bring a pet, but they brought in the lizard and we were all, (laughs) our minds got blown. And it's, it's a chance for the person communicating to showcase something that they were inspired by for other people to receive. It's a very communal experience. So if you don't have that, you know, if you don't have those margins for your creatives, you're really going to burn them out and grind them out mm. by not giving them any chance to do something beyond just execute, execute, execute. As part of our podcast each month, we want to spotlight some churches or organizations making waves and doing great work. It's not just about giving them a shout out, but about pointing you in the right direction so that you can become better resourced. So today we wanted your take on this, Ben. I would love for you to share with us a church who you think is killing it creatively, and maybe they can inspire us. Two churches, which is, and this is interesting, two churches that I would highlight would be Central and Vegas and mm. Church, by the, Church by the Glades in Orlando, hmm. which is interesting because if you think about it, both those churches are in the entertainment epicenters of the world. So huh. Vegas and Orlando. You got the Strip and you got Disney World. So they understand that the people they're trying to reach are used to high-end experiences and they will not settle for anything less. And because of that, they have to bring their best every 
week after week after week. Huh. Now, some of us are watching from the Midwest or somewhere else yeah. might look at that and say, that is that is showy. That that would right, turn my right. which it which it may turn your audience off. If you're in Ohio, you probably shouldn't be doing the drummers zip lining in <laughs> during Christmas. But it can inspire you and think about mm. how do you, you contextualize mm. in that. So when I look at people who are leading the way, um, I look for people in the entertainment uh, district. You know, LA is another great place as well. Mm. Churches out there. How are they doing it? How they're crushing it? They inspire me creatively. Then I think about my context in the Northeast where everyone's jaded, and how do I modify it for my audience? Right, right, right. So Central Christian Church out in Vegas, that's Jed Wilhite's church, mm-hmm. and then Church of the Glades. Church by the Glades in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, they're outside of Orlando, I think. Florida. Yes. Florida. <laughs> you got it. Got it. And we'll link to both of those churches for everybody in the leader guide so you have that information. That's great. Ben, it's been amazing having you here today. You're a wealth of information. I Thank love you, it. Thank you, man. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, it is time for our segment, Something Fun or Something Free, because on each episode of Church Changer, we want to end on a high note and offer offer up a recommended resource. And today we actually have a special gift from Ben. It's a PDF, How to Make Ideas Rain Down in a Brainstorming Meeting. It actually has 20 best practices to make your meetings more fruitful. So this is a great free resource. It's going to help bring life to your creatives, your entire staff. So to get your hands on that, all you have to do is go to our website, churchchanger.com slash podcast. Podcast, download the leader guide for this episode, and we link to that resource within. Plus, let me just say the leader guide is an awesome resource. It has a summary of today's episode, plus some discussion questions that you can use with your team. Totally worth the download. We'll also include a template to a creative brief. And then, Ben, can you just tell us where folks can follow your work or how to get in touch with you? Yeah, so that article is listed on benstapley.com slash blog. Encourage people to check out my content there. I usually try to post pretty regularly. Awesome. That's awesome. And to see everything we're doing, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Church Changers. Plus, we'd love it if you follow Church Changer on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening. Ben, I love catching up on our friendship, bro. Thank you. Again, thanks for having me. Love seeing what God is doing through this podcast and here in New Jersey. Guys, remember, change is inevitable. Irrelevance is not. So let's put aside our egos and our logos and do something great for God together. See you next time. Oh, oh, oh.